So Samsung has a, an event coming up, Unpacked. That's what they always call it whenever they do anything new and cool. This one is of particular interest to me because I am Mr. Folding Phone. Yeah, that's what I go by. It's my alias. Mm. I've just been using it for a while. I, for some reason, can't change phones. Like, I'm flipping this thing, and at first I was, like, early days of the Fold when you had the, I don't know, first gen, and everybody was nervous, and I, you know, I didn't know what to expect durability-wise or if it was a good, like, lifestyle fit. Uh, heavy in the pocket, obviously not without its downsides, mm-hmm. but somehow it's persisted in my life and in my pocket. And when I don't have it or I try something else, I just wish I had the big display back mm. in certain circumstances where I'm like really browsing, you know, where I'm like zooming, you know, I like things like Google Maps. And when I'm really browsing and I fold open the thing, and even to this day, I still get comments when I go to pay for something with the tab and. I'm at the Starbucks and the barista is like, what? is that an iPad? What? Excuse me, is that an iPad? And then I and then I have to proceed to explain the whole thing. Don't ask me why they're British, okay? You're not supposed to be talking today, you know that? You said that before with the throat and everything else. Yeah. He's on the mend, ladies and gentlemen. And so if you're sitting there wondering, hey, why am I not getting more Lou later? He's to blame. Not me. Couldn't possibly be me. No. no. <laughs> anyway, so they got an upcoming event. They're going to do a new model. It's time for a new model. And it's not just a new model of the Z Fold, but also the Flip. And they seem to be advertising the Flip here on their uh, poster, August 10th, 2022. Uh, and you can see it's in the shape of the greater than sign okay you see that how you have like the little angle uh-huh which means it's greater than the last version right isn't that what that means well <laughs> is it i don't know <laughs> i presume every time that doesn't that always bother you when they say when they say the best this is the best iphone ever we've ever made it's like well yeah, <laughs> yeah it's the next version <laughs> yeah obviously this is not the best version we've ever made well i don't want it then it's i'll be better every time is how technology works well, this is cryptic. I'm thinking about this now. What? It's, what? Oh, the shape? Greater than? I don't know. Is it bigger? Like maybe it's a bigger screen size, uh, screen to body ratio, uh, greater than some other phone, better battery life. There's, I mean, it's going to be, gr- it has to be greater in almost every category. Okay. Samsung has provided a clear solution to the unusual puzzle it provided yesterday, confirming that its Galaxy Unpacked event will indeed take place August 10th. The image included with the teaser also confirms that its foldables will be taking center stage with a Galaxy Z Flip shaped shaped device acting as a greater than symbol. It will start at 9 a.m. Eastern and be streamed on Samsung.com. I don't know if it'll be streamed on YouTube. Can we stream it? What's going on with that, Will? Uh, you talking to these people? We could. Yeah. We might have something to say about it. I think so. We might get our hands on those devices. Yeah. Uh <laughs> Anyway, uh, I'm I'm excited to check out the new one. Uh, I'll probably I'll probably end up using it, and if they can make it like lighter or something, would be incredible. Mm-hmm. Because I would say that's the biggest. Like when I pick up one of these new phones, I just unbox the Pixel Six A. I'm just holy cow, this thing is. Or even, well, there's probably another device I haven't put out the video yet, but the nothing phone. Obviously, you're holding these modern phones. They get lighter and lighter and lighter. Mm-hmm. And it's not a thing that I thought that I needed or cared about. In fact, many make the argument that you have these premium materials, you have a heavier phone, it feels more expensive, something like this. But I'm starting to notice it more and kind of wish that I had a lighter phone in the pocket, different circumstances. And mm-hmm. so if they can trim this one down a little bit, but to still have this amazing unfolding thing, then. Maybe it's going to be the perfect fit for me. We'll find out more, obviously, August 10th. Maybe slightly before that, but you'll find out August 10th. I'm uh, talk- I'm, well, not we you. Will. We all will. Yeah. I was looking at the camera. Oh, okay. Uh, social media revenue growth. Expect it to slow. That includes you, Will. You're, uh, you rely on social media revenue. We do. <laughs> yeah. Expect it to slow right down. <laughs> to a halt. Expect it to halt. Blue later funding expected to halt. Okay. 
Uh, expected to slow as TikTok and Apple compete. As you know, Apple getting real private and uh, uh, shutting down some of those advanced advertising methods and getting to know you and such, the things that take place on Instagram, courtesy of Mark and all that. Wall Street is bracing for the slowest global revenue growth in the history of the social media sector as intensifying competition from TikTok and Apple in advertising threatened to compound economic woes in the second quarter. Is that doom and gloom or what? Mm. Compound economic woes. You just walk around, you say things like that to people, you say, prepare yourself for economic woes. Why are you so grim? It's immediate sadness. They're like, I don't even know how do I deal with that? How do I manage that? Where do I grasp? Mm-hmm. What does this mean for me? It's like, I can't tell you what it means for you. Just prepare for economic woes. You're just like, Ugh. I saw something about frozen bank accounts in China and people trying to break into the bank. Did you see this stuff? No. Well, I can't really go into it because I obviously need to do more research. But these are the images that cause people to freak out. Some bank woes? If you see a bank that's like, ah, we're going to freeze deposits or uh, withdrawals today. Deposits will take. You deposit all the time. No problem. (laughs) But you want want those withdrawals, you're going to have to wait. You're going to have to send us a note and we'll get back to you on that. Oh, you see how it makes you feel? It's a little... It's creepy. It's a little shiver in there. It's like, hey, about those withdrawals. I don't like any woes. Okay? <laughs> you're, in a, you're the no woe zone. Yeah, don't you're do that. No woe zone. Um, well, obviously, 2021 was pretty good. Bounce back from COVID. Apparently, social media ad sales went up 36% to reach $58 billion. Brands increased marketing budgets to recover from the pandemic. Reach customers who were now online fully conditioned buying things let's advertise but then you had the likes of uh, facebook changing its name to meta saying it's about the metaverse and then mark himself saying recently this might be one of the worst downturns that we've ever seen in recent history and then firing some people Mm. they're getting into uh some sort of copyright business with their name meta meta versus meta yeah they want to defeat all other metas yeah. They want to be the only meta. Uh, so social media ad sales slowed down, expected to, to grow by only 11%, which would be the slowest pace on record. Growing t- uh, competition from TikTok and Apple created the perfect storm. Apple's advertising business actually has been increasing with developers paying to promote their apps in the App Store. Uh, YouTube might be okay, though. Not so much TikTok. TikTok. Alphabet's Google reported second quarter earnings Tuesday. The company's most likely to be shielded from negative effects because Google search is mission critical for advertisers. Just like Lou later, it's mission critical for advertisers. Yeah. When you get on the phone to the advertisers, Will, I want you to remind them that this is mission critical. Are we invincible? That's right. <laughs> the Canadian shield. Yeah. That's us, Well, I don't know if you knew that, but... Oh, okay. Yeah, TikTok, on the other hand, you can flip to the next tab. TikTok, uh, the creators are saying, show me the money. Mm. That's what they said. That's a reference from Jerry Maguire. Do you know the film? Yeah. You saw it? Uh, I think I did. Show me the money, Jerry! Show me the money! Yeah. Uh, TikToker's not getting shown the money in 2022. (laughs) And they say it's affecting their mental health. It was all about this creator fund, but they're getting real transparent about it. You have some creators here, for example, a creator, Yatsushiro, also known as It's Kiwi Cult, a gaming and anime personality on the app, expected 3 million views to be worth something. 3 million, well, it's not nothing. 3 million. Then he sought a paycheck, $12. It's uh, it's unfortunate. It's kind of... Go ahead. I think it's just going to get worse because there's going to be more and more creators that's just going to saturate the creator fund. Oh, that creator fund is saturated. <laughs> Already, <laughs> Depleted. Yeah. Fully saturated. Yeah. We Creator fund has reached full saturation. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a tube of like liquid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just 50 cents going out to everybody who's jumping on there. Um, 
uh, Yatsushiro, who has built an audience of over 586,000 followers on TikTok, took it a step further. Last year, he decided to pull out of the creator fund entirely. He took a full-time job at a large corporation. Now he only posts when he feels like it. He said the, the, the payment is so low, he'd rather get nothing at all because it's like insulting, I guess. He'd rather just do it on his terms and not treat it as a business because obviously it's not. Now, you can't make money. You build a following and you see a lot of TikTokers transition to other more profitable social media mm-hmm. or they turn that following into uh, uh, sponsorships. Sure, brand deals. Merch. Or, like, they try to find other ways to do it. Can't really be good for TikTok, though, that you have to migrate off of it in order to create a business. Mm-hmm. Uh, but certainly it's like a lot of other things where at the very, very high end of it, at the most successful users are going to be extremely wealthy mm-hmm. and then it's going to have a massive drop off right below it. Mm-hmm. That's one area where I feel like, well, YouTube has truly done something special with the revenue split, not going the creator fund model, mm-hmm. which the others have done where it's extremely transparent and where advertisers can reach out to content that's very specific uh, to the group that they're trying to reach from a demographic perspective. Google's very good at this. Uh, Others have turned to the likes of uh, Instagram reels and things like this because viral TikToks can, are are making like regularly making like 20 bucks and Pinterest too, apparently Pinterest too, apparently. Um, But even there you're talking about maybe a couple thousand and it can just be, I guess it can be stressful for people that have different expectations or because it's all bizarre in social media where you would see things and, and you, that guy's flying in a private jet or this person is doing that. You can imagine being a young person just assuming, well, I got millions of views, so now I made it. Mm. <laughs> well, and then you see the 12 bucks. Yeah. And you're not really certain how many, how you have to plug in different pieces to really uh, flesh that out. Mm-hmm. But uh, expectations and reality might not be aligned mm. very well. Uh, right now on Pinterest, I easily make one thousand to two thousand per month. On Instagram, four to five thousand. This is an individual who was previously on TikTok saying, "Hey, the eyeballs are great. Like I don't. I mean, you get these huge view counts, which I also wonder how those things are audited." Because view counts lead to more creators, lead to more content. So I'm like, well, what's a view? Well, what's a view? Is a view one second? Is a view 10 seconds? Is a view 12? Oh, here we go. Here we go again. Yeah. Well, good luck to the TikTokers out there. Now, speaking of and sticking with YouTube for a second, Mozilla actually did a study uh, trying to determine videos people watch that they regretted watching mm. and it, i guess their finding is that most often the regrets came via youtube's own recommendations 71 percent of regret reports came from recommended videos uh, this is something called regrets reporter which is a browser extension and it launched last year and it allows users to report videos they regret watching and then it allowed Mozilla to crowdsource information about YouTube's recommendation algorithms because you know Mozilla might be interested in a little company called Google, mm. a little company making Chrome. A little bit of research. Might be a little competition over there. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe. Now, uh, YouTube's recommendations have been criticized. There's more and more surveys happening. Hey, is this the right thing for you? Hey, how did that make you feel? Are you feeling good? Are you happy, sad? Are you feeling calm? Um, anyway, 37,380 people installed this regrets reporter. And that seems like it. That seems pretty wild in the first place. That's that. a lot. Uh, 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 it is imagine you're sitting there you're like you know what i'm gonna report every time i regret watching something on the internet for free seemed like a lot of work but hey i'm more likely i'm most likely to just move on Uh, but then they went and made this video talking about conspiracy theories and all this harmful content and how mozilla wants you to understand what the algorithm is doing to you of course Google responded and they said, hey, we've been making all kinds of strides towards uh, fixing this up and 
and not giving people such uh, aggressive recommendations or what I don't know. I don't know what it. But listen, algorithms are this whole thing is so vast and tough to monitor, and it's it's machines and viewership habits and watch time and math and what people are attracted to and not attracted to and very difficult mm-hmm. but uh you got you got many hundreds of millions of uh hours of content and minutes and so forth and i mean also i'm like well it's mozilla who's doing the study right yeah it's so. also good to see the insight publicly the regrets yeah it's interesting though, isn't Good it? To know. Watch a video and regret it. Have you had this experience? You watch a video and then you regretted it right away. Uh yeah. Yeah. I'm not gonna say what, but did you click any buttons after of hey, don't because <clears throat> uh, I don't even I, I think if I was gonna regret it, I'm already off of it. Like I don't think I stay around. Yeah. I think I regret very quickly. Uh-huh. And you you take it as an action item to do something about it. Mm. you know so yeah here's their statement youtube statement the goal of our recommendation system is to connect viewers with content they love and on any given day more than 200 million videos are recommended on the homepage alone over 80 million pieces of information is used to help inform our systems including survey responses from viewers on what they want to watch we constantly work to improve the experience on YouTube, and over the past year alone, we've launched over 30 different changes to reduce recommendations of harmful content. Thanks to this change, consumption of borderline content that comes from our recommendations is now significantly below 1%. They should have me voice these things. Yeah. <laughs> We're doing everything in our power to ensure safety on the platform. Everything in our power. A lot of uh, highs and lows. <laughs> yeah, when the persuasion's going on, yeah. when the corporate language is coming out, when the approvals process on the paragraph is happening. Yeah. So Tesla sold some Bitcoin at a loss. Well, anybody selling Bitcoin now that's had it for a while has lost something, I guess, because they could have sold it a little while ago when things were hotter. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've had your own crypto relationship, highs and lows. Yeah. We talked about it many times on the show here. You're in recovery. Remember? Mm-hmm. You're in two types of recovery. Physical recovery with the throat and so forth. And crypto recovery, like most of the world right now, mm-hmm. which may or may not recover because this thing still keeps remember what I said about woes earlier? Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. hemorrhaging. <laughs> That's even more intense. <laughs> That's even more aggressive. It sounds so freaky. Oh God. Bleeding out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, anyway, uh, Tesla bought a bunch of Bitcoin. It was $1.5 worth at the time. And then it went up a bunch uh, because crypto went up a bunch and everything was happy and healthy in the stock market and so forth. Inflation. Who even knew about inflation? Inflation didn't exist. Yeah. There's no inflation. And not the case now. Tesla's reportedly offloaded 75% of its remaining Bitcoin holdings. 75%. 75%. That's right, Will. You nailed it. Yeah. That's exactly what it is. Another sign that major players are starting to grow wary of an impending crypto winter. <laughs> the most see, deadliest of names. See, you watched enough of those contents yeah. to see stuff like this. <laughs> when you were involved, <laughs> crypto winter is coming. <laughs> Batten down the hatches. Oh, my God. Get your blankets ready. (laughs) Crypto winter is coming. Yeah, it's for all the... uh, What Don't the Game of Thrones people love that? The winter stuff? Yeah. Yeah, they love it. But I feel like this is before uh, Game of Thrones. No way. Come on. (laughs) Game of Thrones invented winter, all right? (laughs) I watched that show for five minutes and winter was always, always so th- it was so threatening <laughs> so threatening this winter oh you should finish it because it actually <laughs> does come all right 
Eventually. Okay. All right. Well, five seasons later. I don't know. I was waiting for the winter. I guess I didn't wait long enough. No. Tesla made $936 million in cash revenue from the sale, helping the company limp over the quarterly finish line. Though barely meeting Q2 expectations, investors expected revenue of $16.88 billion this quarter, with Tesla reporting $16.9. They limped over the finish line. Uh, when they bought the Bitcoin, it was 43000 per coin USD. Then it went up to 70000 for a moment. And at the time of this particular article, down at 22600 Uh So, yeah, making some moves. I don't know. What can you say about it? I guess the the market has responded to a certain extent, but it's it's been really volatile recently, even more in the stock market. It's like because I get Coinbase uh, notifications, which is a weird experience, by the way. What? Well, they would just be like, "Ooh, uh, crypto's way down, you idiot!" And then there would be they then then like a day later, it's like, "Way up, we're good." It's just like I feel there's some sort of emotional. Uh-huh, yeah connection that they want you know what i mean I, i'm not available for that by the way okay but you see it my emotions not available yeah for crypto at all yeah. even with crypto my emotions i made them unavailable i said you're unavailable yeah but they i can feel them i can feel the um the emotional toll on their side the techniques you know like i can see the strategy and but I don't know what happens if you send everybody a notification that says crypto is plummeting. You're going to get a lot of people on the platform, I guess. You're going to get you're going to get user spikes. You're going to get more transactions. Sure. There's all these effects and things that would go on. So obviously there's some smart people over there. They know what they're doing, but mm. I'm not emotionally available. Okay. Just so you know. Yeah. Today's episode uh, sponsored by HelloFresh. I think that's the first time I ever said HelloFresh. If you haven't heard about this yet, this is, it's better meals faster than what you might typically grab in the amount of time it takes to make one of these. And that's right. I said make it because you're going to make it. Uh, You're going to get everything portioned out, wonderfully packaged, 20 minutes. I mean, some of them 35, between 20 and 30. Some of them are as quick as 15 minutes. All types of dishes that you might not even approach on your own. I don't know if you're going to approach a mushroom and herb shepherd's pie. Well, like that might be something where you look at it, you see the package and you say to yourself, well, I can do this. Mm. I can do a chimichurri barramundi. I can. You can do. I can do. You can do. Yeah, this is this is a no brainer. We're all we all are running out of time here. And this takes one thing off your plate. You see how I did that? Well, mm-hmm. takes it off the plate, which is having to prepare for these these meals. Instead, it's right there. It's easy to execute, and you end up eating something nice and healthy. Choose from over 55 weekly options featuring pre-portioned, high-quality ingredients picked at peak ripeness. HelloFresh delivers fresh, quality produce from the farm to your door in less than a week, so you can savor summer flavors right from home. If you're going away this summer, update your delivery address and enjoy HelloFresh at your vacation destination with just one click. Plans are flexible, so they work with your changing schedule. Last week, I chose the Bummy-style beef bowl, which contained a bunch of fresh ingredients. I think the best part was the pre-shredded carrots. No chopping. Super delicious and fresh. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Lulater16 and use the code Lulater16 for up to 16 meals across seven boxes and three free gifts. That's HelloFresh.com slash Lulater16 and use the code Lulater16 for up to 16 free meals across seven boxes and three free gifts. Thank you to HelloFresh. We're also sponsored by Audible. I have been listening to Audible actually. You know why? Because I had these long uh, road trips I was doing for these tournaments, baseball tournaments, and I a couple of the trips i was kind of by myself because i had to go back and forth you know what we don't really have to go into it point being i'm in the car and i'm looking to uh enhance the drive stay engaged and possibly multitask in the sense that i can learn about something listen to something and so i booted up the audible i started looking through uh the the list of recent acquisitions of books that i had been meaning to listen to 
And then I actually started to dive in a couple of philosophy books, a little, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And I get there and I feel rejuvenated, even though I've been in the car for two and a half hours. I got a little spark. I got something going on up top. I'm not a zombie. You know what I mean? Because I was engaged. Yes. As I went. And so I think, uh, honestly, for me, that's the best part of Audible. All of a sudden, you're, you're like, yeah, I'm into books. There are great podcasts out there, but at some point in time, sometimes, well, you're, you're, you're kind of done with the podcast. You put the podcast down. Yeah, sometimes you want to get lost in fiction. You know? I don't know. Whatever it is you want to do. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what time. Some I, Harry Potter. I don't need to know what you're into, Well, Yeah. Okay. Maybe I do. Oh. Anyway, look, it's all on auto. You can see some uh, examples here. Atomic Habits, The Terminal List. Uh, what else we got? The Comeback, Sherlock Holmes. Hey, look, if you're into it, if it's a book, it's probably here. It's probably in audio. And they also do have podcasts and other things there as well. If you haven't tried it before, go try it right now. You probably won't regret it. It's Audible. All Audible members get access to a growing selection of audiobooks, Audible originals, and podcasts that are included with membership. You can listen to all you want and more get added every month. Let Audible help you discover new ways to laugh, be inspired, or be entertained. New members can try it free for 30 days. Visit audible.com slash lulater or text lulater to 500-500. That's audible.com slash lulater or text lulater to 500-500 to try Audible free for 30 days. Audible.com slash Lulator. Go check it out. Uh, stick with Elon for one more second. He said remote workers are pretending to work. And uh, Fortune.com says, Tur- turns out he's right. <laughs> <laughs> There's technique to it, right? Well, apparently people, according to this study, it was data from Catalag and... GitLab, they said knowledge workers waste an extra 67 minutes online each day doing menial tasks for the express purpose of proving to their managers and colleagues that they're available and working. So this is work that isn't actually work. It's made to look like work. It'd be the equivalent of, um, I don't know, you tell the kid to clean, you tell the kid to clean their room. <laughs> Just and then, move things back and forth. And then you come in to check and they're just kind of like, you know, wiping the table yeah, or something yeah. and nothing is moved. Yeah. But they're like, oh, yeah, I'm. I'm. Uh, so apparently, but apparently it causes strain even for those workers that they feel pressure to like be available or be like, hey, I'm here. I'm available. Mm. I, online status on Slack or whatever uh, people are using. Or they would go into like some shared document and write a couple notes that don't really matter, but you can see the timestamp and you're like, oh, that person is working from home. And there's also software, right? That detects mouse movement. Oh my God. Yeah. That's terrifying. Right at 9 a.m. Your your mouse has to move. That's Black Mirror stuff right there. (laughs) But anyway, I think these people, I think these people do want to work. It's just... Uh, the pressure of knowing that they have to at a certain time. Yeah, and just, I don't know, collaborating with teams remotely and then just sort of the natural competitiveness of humans, which isn't a bad thing, uh, of like uh, like being available or being harder working or showing online more than the rest of your team or whatever it might have to be, but it might not actually be resulting in greater productivity. It might just look that way. And that could probably happen in the office too. Hmm. Um, But it does appear based on these studies that it is causing stress to people. Uh, The report calls it digital presenteeism. Like, hey, I'm present. Like, who's in class today? I'm here, Hmm. here, here, here. And constantly throughout the day, here, here I am. Um, the worries about maintaining active Slack status aren't unfounded. Many CEOs besides Musk have been vocal about their belief in the superiority of in-person work. Well, they talk a lot about collaboration and things like that. Um, 
I guess a lot of people affected by this. Listen, I don't know what the proper solution is. I think it's like a lot of, some of it has to do with personality. I think some people are uh, capable of great productivity solo and remote. And then I think other people might thrive in a more collaborative environment, more social environment. Mm -hmm. So it's going to be a balancing act to figure out. But uh, apparently it's not completely unfounded according to this study that um, there's some pretend work going on. Yeah. Some. Uh, well, I mean, everybody, I don't know. Okay. Is everybody always as productive as they can be? Like, it is, <laughs> I think um, because people are working at home, they feel the need to be more of a homebody. It's like a relaxing kind of atmosphere. Mm. And then maybe if you're kind of put into that place, your mind automatically thinks it's relaxed, but then you have to work. So it kind of messes with the uh, mental framework. Hmm. So you're not a work from home guy. I don't think I am. Yeah. I like the studio. I enjoy it. Well, I don't know that it's really fair to be honest, because I don't know that this is a typical environment. Yeah. Work but even environment. knowing that there's an office space there and I can work, it's like, the mental framework of me preparing for that and being in that space is way better than working from home. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm with you for the most part as well. Mm -hmm. But again, that's our, our environment, our flow, sure. our uh, area of work and stuff, which is pretty unusual. So it's yeah, hard you're, to, you're right about that. It's hard to really draw too much from that because it's yeah. not a typical corporate environment. Sure. Netflix has added the extra home fee will block usage in other homes if you don't pay. Uh-oh. They're finally cracking down on this shared account thing, which they've been talking about for a while, and they're starting in other places, other countries, uh, Chile, Costa Rica, Peru, uh, and then possibly rolling out everywhere else soon. A fee of about 2 to $3 is currently what it is. Obviously, that's your uh, exchange from the local currencies. There could be different in different places. On Monday this week, Netflix announced a different kind of fee. It would charge customers who share accounts. The new one requires customers to pay for extra homes starting August 22. Uh, here's some others. Argentina, Dominican Republic, El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras. Um, the fee for each extra home is $2.99, anticipating a worldwide rollout. Netflix has been careful about how they've worded this because they think they know there's, I mean, they definitely know that there's a lot of this going on. They have slowing revenue growth. They obviously lost some subscribers. They got to dip in and say, hey, we're cutting back on it. Mm. A Netflix Homes FAQ clarifies that users can watch Netflix on your laptop or mobile device while traveling and watch Netflix on a TV outside your home for up to two weeks. As long as your account has not been previously used in that location. It's pretty specific here. Mm -hmm. This this kind of stuff is kind of it's an it's a bit annoying to yeah. me. Even though I don't have even share my account with anybody, it's a bit annoying because I imagine the circumstances in which I'm gonna bump up against this. I'm gonna be like in one scenario, you're just not gonna have Netflix. I can already think of it. I can already think of a scenario where I'm in a different place more than once per year where I just want to log into my Netflix and it's going to be like, no, uh, it's over two weeks total time. And now we count this as another home. And then it's just annoying. Then you're adding things to your account and the price is just getting to like 50 bucks a month. Right. Um, so here's, here's, here's how they're, they're saying it, uh, adding extra homes, the number of extra homes you can add, even while paying for it depends on the plan you have. If you have a basic plan, you can add one extra home. Standard plan, two extra homes, and premium up to three extra homes. And I don't understand why at this point they're not just calling it a family plan. Mm -hmm. Just say that you have a family plan for uh, multiple people and say the total number of people mm -hmm. that can be logged in at once. And stop with this home mobile uh, mm -hmm. complication. Uh, the other thing is that it, you could just they could just straight up block an IP, uh, straight up block... They took that piece out, actually, of their statement. I think they, they realized that people might be a little bit worried about that. But anyway, 
it's going to start down there and then possibly go elsewhere. So just be on the lookout if you're one of these. Prepare yourself for the potential shut. Prepare yourself for Netflix winter. Okay. Yeah. A Netflix winter. Another winter to worry about. There's, it's all winters. Yeah. Uh, actually, it's not all winters because I don't know if you heard about this. Uh, well, what do I mean heard about it? You've experienced it, this heat. Have you experienced the heat? Not in this studio, but out in the world. I would say we're lucky in Canada. Apparently in like the UK. It's UK like is records. Records. Like 37, 38 degrees. And you're, he's talking it's Celsius, insane. by the way, people. We're talking about like 100 Fahrenheit. And we're talking about records in the UK that haven't been touched in 40, 50 years. Stuff like this. like Or maybe never in some locations. Mm-hmm. Uh, but actually, most of the world is pretty hot right now including here which is why i said you've experienced it now people wouldn't know that they see you in the hoodie we're at least at least 200 feet below their surface here yeah so it's not they're looking at you they need to realize that it's always cold down here a temperate 19 degrees celsius yeah this is uh <laughs> this is a broadcast winter here yeah anyway uh, there's been all kinds of effects from this and as you know, or maybe you don't, UPS drivers are affected. They don't have any kind of air conditioning or anything like that. Uh, so they're just, and it's actually hotter inside the truck than it is outside. It's yes. a metal metal box. Yeah, there's no airflow in there. Nothing. So if it's 100 degrees Fahrenheit outside or 40 degrees Celsius, inside it can be 110 or 115 or something like this. So here we have a video clip. And this is a caught on one of those uh, doorbell cameras. You don't need the audio. And here's a UPS guy who's just, it's, it's just over. This is, this is so sad. It's just, he can't handle the heat. Is, he collapses. He, he drops yeah. the package. He just collapses. And you can just see the exhaustion level. He goes to press the doorbell button. And you can see the hand, go back, just go back a little bit here. A little bit before, the hand is cramping up. Right. The hand is, you're lacking fluids and magnesium and whatever. You're just getting cooked, man. Yeah, this is, uh, this is insane. Just hobbling just to deliver a package and then collapsing in front of the front yard. Now, people were trying to give UPS some heat on that and say, what's going on with these trucks, put a little something in there. And then UPS is saying, we can't have air conditioning. It would be ineffective because of how many frequent stops we make. Yeah, Our trucks are open, close, open, close. You know what happens, Well, When the temperature is as hot as, as it is right now, you open the door, say goodbye to your air conditioning, it's over. Yeah, but it does make a difference. That splash of cold air. Like I've been just reading the comments here and like there are like, other drivers not ups but it does make a difference that had like maybe like missed maybe missed maybe you have a misting device facing the driver (sighs) it's it's very tough yeah it's a it's a but anyway it is global if you go forward a little bit in this clip there's other obviously other people who have been affected there's a if you head to like uh, go to 2.30 in this uh, video here. Two minutes and 30 seconds. Uh, here we have like forest fires that are raging. And we, here's a farmer fleeing his fields. His clothes are burnt off. Oh. It, it's hot out, man. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> My God, literal flames going on here. Um, so anyway, yeah, stay cool, people. I, I don't really know what to uh, take away from it, but uh, maybe they got to figure out a better solution with these. Maybe, because here's what's going to happen, Will. They figure out some kind of air conditioning solution, and then the environmental people say, oh, my God, this is using so, you're burning so much more fuel. Mm-hmm. And wasting it by opening, having the sliding doors open, blowing the cold air, and then, so maybe what it is, it has to be some type of solar top on the thing. So the electricity that's running 
Now, this is going to be hard because air conditioners use a tremendous amount. I know this from trying to power it. Yeah. And they use a tremendous amount of power. Right. The I think the misting is good, but then you'll be constantly wet. I don't care. I'll <laughs> yeah. be soaked. I'll be soaked out there. Yeah. I don't know. It's, uh, it's a tough one. Shout out to all the drivers, man. Shout out to all the UPS drivers. Shout out to USPS. Shout out to FedEx. Shout out to DHL. Uh, Canada Post. I don't know, know who I missed. Because yeah, because you don't think of it when something like this hits and you realize, shout out to people that are uh, doing construction on the roof. It's you got to you might walk to your car and be like, oh, damn, that was hot. Some people are out there. Uh-huh. I'm just that's just a shout out. Sticking with the heat for a minute. You know, this story about the subscription fee for the heated seats in a BMW it, 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 the internet got all fired up. <clears throat> the internet flipped out. Well, we did, right? Oh, did we? Okay. Well, I did. I I, I, you might have flipped out. Yeah. Uh, anyway, of course, as you'd expect, the community of modders and so forth, they say, ah, no worries. We'll figure it out. They say, we'll, we'll get in there and uh, unlock those features for you. <laughs> we'll just do that. <laughs> Yeah, we, like, we're not worried. Uh, these companies are listed across the internet in different places like eBay and Etsy, and they can already do certain things for your vehicle. Um, some things probably not super smart, like, say, for example, disabling the chime when you don't put your seatbelt on, yeah, or yeah. Uh, some of the security features like, oh, you can't watch video on your display while you're driving. Yeah, watch me. I'll hack it. Yeah, then they yeah. find ways to do it, and yeah. obviously you can find ways to do it. And in some cases, they can even do it remotely, mm. um, where they don't even need to have access to your vehicle available in, in Canada and the U.S., actually. And they can do so. Um, BMW coding firms generally offer customers two different ways to receive new features for their vehicle. The company can either offer the coding in person, where a representative will visit the customer at their home and perform the coding there, or... They will remotely access the customer's BMW. Uh, remote coding in the United States and Canada's in Canada. Customers will buy an Ethernet cable, a cable with an Ethernet port at one end that plugs into their laptop, and the other end plugs into the onboard diagnostics OBD port on the BMW. They go for twenty-five bucks, and then all of a sudden, provide the remote access. Uh, some of the features that can be activated here. Turn on an alarm sound when unlocking or locking the vehicle, which is off by default for some regions. Removing the legal notice on the iDrive BMW Entertainment, which happens on boot up. Automatically unlock the doors after pressing the stop button. Close the car's windows via the key fob. Setting the windows to open with the key fob, but keeping the sun uh, keeping the sunroof open. Automatic headlamp cleaning and many, many more. So like all types of tweaks and stuff can be done as you would expect. Mm. And so this group is not worried about this heated seat subscription. They say, come to us. Mm-hmm. Come speak to us. We'll take care of you. Uh, how about the new Raptor R, which is official? Oh, baby, is a nice looking one. V8 is back in the Raptor. I didn't know if it was going to happen. I know that we had the teasers, and I was like, what are they going to really do? Are they really just going to put a V8 in there because it's 2022, and you got the F-150 Lightning, and I know it's been in works for a while, and obviously the Ram TRX exists, and Ford just said, you know, one last time. Let's growl one last time. And that's what they've done here. All new 2023 Ford F-150 Raptor R, the fastest, most powerful model in the series yet. 5.2 liter V8, 700 horsepower, uh, 10-speed transmission. The same engine as in the Shelby GT500 with a recalibrated supercharger and a new pulley optimized for off-road use. Also, the only production truck that ships with 37-inch tires. going to give you a pretty mean look. I also, the one they're showing off in the video with that sort of like gray color and the graphics and stuff. Mm. It's not that much different inside from a typical F-150. You have the Raptor interior. The R model just like highlights the R in the uh, racing seats. Mm. Um, But it's pretty impressive what they've been able to do uh, as far as the motor's concerned because here you have uh, a 5.2 liter V8 capable of 700 horsepower 
and uh, this isn't uh, this isn't like Cybertruck level of acceleration, but it's not far off. Hmm. I'm just yeah, glad it exists. They should have a head to head. I'm just glad it exists. You, know? you also get the other new F-150 features, like the whole new interior with the little work surface and the fold down gear selector and the better display and the Android Auto, Apple CarPlay. And all this magic. There's a video that's been done by cars.com. I would love to catch a look at this, obviously. Mm. I, you know, I was a, I'm a big time fan, uh, truck fan, Ford fan. I've had F-150s. I was waiting to see what they're going to do with the Raptor <clears throat> with this R model. And now it's legit. So, oh, they, uh, changed the drive selector to actually fold down like so, lightning. Yeah. So it folds down so that that work surface flips right. over. Work surface slash eat surface. Right. Yeah. Because you're definitely gonna clear. you're definitely gonna put some fast food on there and whatever. I know it's in a pinch, but I got too many road trips going on. I got too many people got to go all these different places. It's nice how um, the lightning kind of has a DNA into the Raptor as well. Well, it's actually all F one fifties. All the new F one fifties have that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So even the just regular gas oh, models, it's an option. So typically, the higher trim levels would have that limited and all that oh, um very cool i don't know if the exterior is r enough in the sense that the only way you know it's the r model is the fact that the r portion of the raptor graphic on the side says r because you have to understand it's gonna be a lot more money than a regular raptor mm. but so does it come with these graphics yes yeah, so you have the R on the outside, and then you have the R in the uh, headrest embroidery, yeah. which is red, so then you know it's the Raptor R. Uh, maybe p some people like the fact that it's subtle, but there, there's nothing subtle. Look at the graphic. It's not subtle. Yeah. Crazy. So, anyway, there's a true competitor now to the TRX. There's going to be all types of drag races going on, mm. all types of YouTube st uh, stuff going on. Exciting. And who knows, maybe we'll get involved. We got to talk to Ford, see what's yeah. going on here, because uh, that's exciting. I don't know if you saw this one. This is the new Jimmy Fallon sneaker. Gob Stomper in collaboration with, with uh, Mischief, doing all types of stunts. He showed this off on his show, actually, an unlikely collaboration. The idea behind this sneaker is it looks better over time, or I don't know about better, but like it wears its wear okay. in a cool way. So it starts out as like a white sneaker, but as you skate with it, use it, beat it up, uh, it wears away and these color patterns, rainbow patterns start to show up. Uh, now, sometimes you, you will wear a sneaker and as it gets older, it starts to look worse. The idea here is it starts to look better as it gets older and worn in and wears its scars and things like that, mm. which is an interesting concept. No, I think it's kind of cool. Okay. I would like to wear these and uh, go skateboarding. That's right. And see if it wears out like uh, it does in the in these pictures here. Yeah, so it's like a that fun cool. living, a living item in that sense. Uh, now, the reason it's called the Gob Stomper <laughs> is because of the Gob Stopper candy, which you may remember from when you were a kid. Yeah, this well, giant gumball. Uh, Jawbreaker, yeah. actually. And as you would eat it, it would wear down in different colors, rainbow colors, as you would get through the layers. Yes. And there were actually different sizes. You get you could get like a box, which would have smaller sizes, but you would uh -huh. break your teeth if you tried to bite these things. Uh -huh. Super yeah. hard candy. Um, but yeah, so... Just like everybody else playing off the nostalgia of 2022, everybody remembering easier times before we talked about crypto winters. Mm -hmm. There were gobstoppers. Yeah, that's how simple it was. Just a little hard candy. What do you think about them? I just, I think it's a fun collaboration and unexpected. I like to see that. It's like Mischief, Jimmy Fallon, and Jawbreaker candies. Like, just like a weird concoction of things. Uh -huh. I like the promo. And I, I definitely like the idea of items that get better with wear. Sure. They, like leather. They get more personalized yeah. and they age in a way you would want. Uh -huh. As opposed to a lot of 
modern items, synthetic items, they just get worse every day. Uh-huh. So there's some longevity to it. I think that's pretty cool that they went that angle. Anyway, uh, available July 28th. That's a week from now. 1 p.m. And the draw is on the Mischief Sneakers app. There'll be 195 USD. Good luck with all that. This is the last one. You sent this over. Scientists can now grow wood in a lab without cutting a single tree. Uh, this is one of those ones where you read through it and you're like, that sounds very, very cool and promising, and I'm super glad that they can do it. But then you also there's also this undertone of, yeah, it's pretty hard and probably not ready for scale. And but anyway, they're when you're making things out of wood, they said something funny in the in the beginning of this where you would have a save the forests meeting in a room that would be furnished. And most likely, you're going to be sitting on the wood that you're trying to save. <laughs> well, they got to start somewhere, you know? <laughs> well, no, and, and, and that's the thing, is you can improve these technologies. It actually kind of sounds like it's like an organic hybrid 3D printing type of thing. Oh, okay. Where you can, uh, using some sort of hormones, you can excite certain behaviors in organic material to make it behave like wood essentially and the main thing here is you have less waste i mean you might have more waste in the in terms of the upfront and the energy costs and things i don't know but you have less waste in the long run because a lot when you're making things out of wood there's a lot that gets discarded mm. versus if you were able to grow it you would grow just exactly the pieces you might need right uh, so anyway, that's the idea. The researchers at M MIT performed an experiment that gave stem cell-like properties to normal plant cells, extracted cells from leaves of a flowering plant called common zinnia, and then stored the same in a liquid medium for a couple of days. In the next step, the researchers treated the plant cells with a gel-based medium enriched with nutrients and hormones. After some time, the cells gave rise to new plant cells. The researchers also noticed that by changing the hormonal concentration in the gel medium... They could control the physical and mechanical properties of the newly grown cells during the experiments. Plant material that contained high hormone concentration turned stiff. Man, that sounds really complicated and expensive. Yes. But hopefully they can uh, turn it around. I'm sure they'll, they'll find a way one day we'll all be sitting on lab-grown wooden chairs. Imagine growing your house. That's right. That'll be kind of cool. Grown lumber... I like wood. Wood is good. Uh, let's uh, let's figure it out. Come on, let's